Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the Rundown. It is the Tuesday edition here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Of course, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate it. Lots of great things we're going to get into today. I say great things. Are we at the point now where South Carolina football is not a great thing? It's like we're all just kind of waiting. It's like a pressure cooker. The rice is getting overcooked there, my friends. But... Got some comments from Coach Will Muschamp. We'll get into those in a moment, but first, we've got to talk a little bit about, there's something in the comments that I need to tell you. If you follow Gamecock football, you've seen this. Jamias Williams, which is one of the highest rated recruits, one of the higher end recruits that uh, Coach Will Muschamp brought into the program, has decided that he will transfer. So Coach Muschamp had some comments on that. And he updated the status on Ryan Helinski heading into this week's matchup with Kentucky. So how about some comments from Coach Will Muschamp, and then uh, we'll come back in just a little bit after that and then move our way uh, and talk about some of the other things that are happening with Gamecock football. But we'll start with the comments from Coach Will Muschamp. Got a lot of respect for Mark Stoops in his seventh year there at Kentucky and uh, the job he's done offensively. They lost uh, Terry Wilson. Earlier in the year at the quarterback position, and Sawyer Smith come in as a transfer from Troy's, done a nice job for them. You know, Lynn Bowden's a guy that really jumps off the tape at you. He's a, a very good player. We'll play him at quarterback, running back. We put it, plays him in the slot, gets the ball to him. He's a returner. He's a, a really electric with the ball in his hands, an outstanding competitor, and a really, really good football player. But both backs, Rose and Smoke, are good players. We were recruited Cavassier here at South Carolina. Got a lot of respect for him. They're big and physical on the offensive line. Uh, we got a, a transfer, Ahmad Wagner, from I, I believe a basketball player from Iowa, 6'5, 240 pound guy. He's a, Mismatch on the edges a little bit as far as jump balls and, and those things are concerned, but a really good football player and has made a bunch of plays for him here in four games into the season. Defensively, very big up front and stout. I mean, they're 360 at the nose, 300-plus at the two end positions, mostly a three-down structure. They play some four-down uh, and uh, very active at linebacker in the secondary and uh, you know really good on special teams. Injury-wise, really Hank Manos is really struggling with this ankle. We may do the ankle cord surgery, so he'd be about four weeks. Weeks, uh, before he'll be back in, in that situation. Other than that, I think we're ready to go. So I'll open up for any questions. Will, uh, with uh, Jam deciding mm-hmm. to leave, how does the secondary reshuffle? I mean, it's a man down, but how do you guys uh, handle that loss? No different than we had before. We'll be fine. Was his decision to leave a surprise to you? No, he just wants another opportunity. Uh, one of better, other, not another situation. So we support him 100%. Love coaching Jam, but we're moving forward. 
What do you want to see from your team more offensively heading into this week, and what have conversations with Brian been like going into, I guess, Kentucky? Well, you know, I think first of all, you you, you know, starting the game out much better than, than last week, Colin, is, is is a major issue. You know, and and uh, we've talked in terms of. Um, you know, running the ball to, to help Ryan more in some situations. You know, you go back and evaluate, you know, last week's game. You know, the first 26 plays, 17 of them were called runs or RPOs uh, based on how they played us and whether we're reading a first-level defender in an RPO, a second-level defender, an apex player, whatever the read may be. You know, Ryan made really good decisions as far as throwing the, the, in those situations. I thought he made really good decisions. Now, we weren't always accurate with the throw. We didn't always – uh, went on the top end of the route, create enough separation, and we had a couple of protection issues. So there was threefold, you know, some issues as far as the breakdowns that we had. Um, but but certainly being able to run the football, you know, like the Alabama game certainly is going to help. Now you also go back. Let's flip. Let's go back to Alabama game to start the game. A 14 play drive. You know, 10 of those were passes. We had a fourth and one speed option. We had one hard call run and two RPOs, which we handed the ball off based on the look that we got. So, you know, we started extremely well in that ball game, throwing the football and uh, doing the things that we felt that were most most comfortable for Ryan uh, in his third start. So we'll continue to to explore those things based on what Kentucky does and uh, and put us in the best situation to get out to a good start. And I think part of that has got to be running the football. There's no question. Well, with Ryan's injury, how do you manage his workload this week? How has he looked? And I assume that he's good to go for Saturday night. Absolutely. He, he made every throw today. He looked great. And there's been absolutely no cut of reps or anything. He looks great. With uh, with Jemias departing, does that how does that change dynamics in the secondary at all? And does anyone get more? Does the work get kind of distributed over the guys who've been playing, or does anyone else kind of step into the into the mix? The guys that have been playing, we just continue to roll the guys we're playing. First, do you get yeah, it it more involved? Off. Do you do you find yourself getting more involved in that scenario? Or do you I'm have always to... involved, so it's, and it's not a situation where all of a sudden you want to start getting involved. I've been involved the whole time, and I take a lot of the burden on myself. Well, with the one and three start and five straight losses to Kentucky, how much pressure is on this coaching staff right now to win this game Saturday? We have pressure every single week. Every single week, there's a lot of pressure. And you know what? There's more pressure internally than there is externally. I can assure you of that. Do you consider this a must-win game Saturday? They're all get... must-win games. Every single game. You know what next week's going to be? Well, where we're open. The next week's going to be must-win. And we're gonna, we need to kick open's ass, too. Comments from Coach Will Muschamp at his press conference this afternoon. Um, you know, it's just it's hard when you've followed a player like Jamias Williams, and then all of a sudden, just so abrupt, it's gone. I mean, he's gone. And this is a guy that, that came in as a highly touted player. There were thoughts that he could be a guy that maybe could play some offense, maybe do something on that side of the field, maybe help the team that way. Uh, I think he was – the biggest thing against him was that, that he wasn't tall enough to be a safety. You can definitely make that argument. But it comes back to a couple of different things, in, in my opinion. The, the Gamecock secondary is a problem, and it's going to continue to be a problem and, and for a while. I mean, because you can't just fix this stuff in one game. We've been through four games of the season. And there's going to be a point where they're going to get tape on South Carolina. 
And they're going to look at South Carolina and be like, okay, the biggest hole with that team is in the secondary. And, of course, Coach Muschamp there said that, you know, that's his area and he gets upset with it when he sees it. But the reality of it is is that that's probably the weakest part of the team. And one of the guys that was there that came in that was highly touted has decided to go somewhere else. And you wonder, he says they're just going to continue to roll the guys that they've got out there. Somebody's got to take his snaps. So that was kind of an open-ended answer there for Coach Muschamp. And it just, if you're a Gamecock fan, that has to be frustrating because it doesn't look like, doesn't really look like there's going to be any help in the secondary. We'll take calls on that this afternoon at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. Of course, the comments there from Coach Will Muschamp. As the Gamecocks get set to play Kentucky this weekend, looking to break a five-game losing streak to the Wildcats. And it's kind of, when you really stop and think about it, I don't think that the average Gamecock fan would say, how have we lost five in a row to Kentucky? Kentucky is a team that, let's be honest, they're a basketball school. They're like the Duke in North Carolina of the, of the SEC as far as they care more about basketball than they do about football. So how did that happen? I think that's something that a lot of Gamecock fans, just looking from the outside perspective, is, how did they lose five straight to Kentucky? And if they lose this weekend, it comes down to six. One other note there, he did say that Ryan Helinski made all the throws in practice. So he's kind of setting himself up on that because if Helinski's not healthy and they're not preparing to carry on Joyner, you know, there's talk about Will Muschamp may not be here long. That could be the the nail in the absolute coffin right there. Why has they why have they not started and played more of to carry on Joiner? I don't get that. I don't go to practice every day, but I can tell you what I've seen in the games. The last series of the Missouri game, and yeah, they were playing soft coverage, I know, and it's just one series. But after some of the way the balls were coming out of Ryan uh, Helinski's hands, especially in the first half, you have to play to carry on Joiner in my opinion you got to at least give him an opportunity. And if I'm to carry on Joyner, and I've been a guy that's sat here and I've put my time in and I've done what I've been told to do, and yet I haven't had the opportunity to really see the field and put out there what I've worked on, I would be angry. We just talked about Jemias Williams going and leaving. Would anybody be shocked if to carry on Joyner came out and said, you know what, I think I'm going to transfer too. I'm just saying, it's very interesting, the, the, the issues with quarterback with South Carolina, because if Helensky's hurt at all, if there's anything where he goes out there and he throws a ball and it messes with his rotation of the ball at all, he shouldn't be playing. If there's anything that's going to hinder him at all, he shouldn't be out there, in my opinion. Why is there such a we-can't-play-joiner mentality with this Gamecock football team? I don't go to practice every day, but I can tell you what I see. Marquis says online he's played two drives and two games and he's moved the ball. Yeah. My thing with him, though, is if you look at him, 
and, and I, I've I've uh, seen to carry on up close. He doesn't really look like a big guy. He looks like if he got hit one time, he probably wouldn't be good. But I do know that he's elusive when he has the ball. He can move the ball around. But the idea of putting a, let's say, an 80% Helinski out there or a 100% to carry on Joyner, it's not even close in my opinion. You try to give Joyner as much as you possibly can. Some other comments from uh, Coach Will Muschamp's press conference. He says, third down is critical in this game. When you play Kentucky, you have to get off the field. They're comfortable running the ball 40-plus times. There'll be lots of third and threes and third and fours. You have to win those and get off the field. Is anybody confident that the Gamecocks can stop Kentucky in the middle of the third quarter? Think about that. Are you confident in that? Another quote from Marquise here. Jordan needs to play quarterback. He needs to play the wide receiver mentality is trash. Yeah. South Carolina doesn't really have a history of playing mobile quarterbacks. You could say Connor Shaw was mobile. I'll give you that. But they don't really take guys that were really, really mobile and let them go. Can you imagine, say, a Deshaun Watson playing at South Carolina? I can't. They want typical drop-back passers at South Carolina. And they've got to do a lot. they got to do a lot with them to get... Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Time to move the ball a lot. Got to worry about protection and things like that. He did say on turnover margin, number one, they need to be more opportunistic defensively. I think that's, yeah. When The, the season that they went nine and four, they had like a plus 18 in turnovers or something like that. When you get that big of a turnover margin, you're going to win a lot of football games. Uh, of course, Helinski in his sore elbow said he looked great, no cuts and reps, and he's making all the throws. He did say Hank Manos is still struggling with the ankle. Um, he said it on a Sunday teleconference that he's probably not going to play this week, and he'll get the opportunity to play after the bye week. But you know what? It's just going to keep percolating. It's a slow, uh, you know, I've got an Instant Pot at home. You've got to build up the pressure in it for you can cook in it. That's kind of the way this is. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more every week. And I think there's a section of the Gamecock fan base that's tired of hearing Will Muschamp tell us the same things over and over in his press conferences. Every Tuesday and every Saturday evening, we know what they are. I am a, I'm a pretty good editor that's what I do. What else I do with my time here at iHeartRadio? I think I could cut and paste and put together a Will Muschamp press conference from three years ago after a loss to Kentucky that'll match the press conference that he has on Saturday night if they drop this game to Kentucky. I may challenge myself to do that because nobody will be able to tell the difference. It'll be the same thing. We've got to coach better. We we didn't move the ball very well. Uh, it's my fault. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, carry on, carry on. 
but right now we are in a pressure cooker when it comes to the South Carolina football program. And I really think the only way to fix it, it's a two-pronged thing. This game against Kentucky is absurdly important. But I'm at the point now where I think Kentucky can win this game on Saturday. The biggest game, though, is Vanderbilt. And people are like, Rob, what are you, crazy, Vanderbilt? Generally, when a coach leaves, they lose to Vanderbilt. Spurrier didn't have that happen to him. But generally at South Carolina, when they have a coaching change, a team generally loses to Vanderbilt. So we could talk all in all about this Kentucky game, but even the casual fan will look at it and say, you know what, how is it that we're losing to Vanderbilt? Hmm. If that happens, it's going to be an interesting front there for South Carolina. And are they going to come off the money? Probably not. It's probably not going to happen. Uh, let's see here. Out of the last 10 NCAA championships, how many teams have started mobile quarterbacks? Very good point there, Sneed. Good point, sir. Shout out to the folks watching on Facebook Live. You can join us on the phones at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. Are you going to this week's game? That's something else, too. I know it's a night game, and you have the opportunity, especially, uh, I know people do a lot of business tailgating where you got your clients there and stuff like that. Are you actually going to the game? Because I don't think the game's going to completely sell out. I don't know. Are you completely done with this season of the Gamecock football team after four games? We'll take calls on that, too. 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. Another note from Will Muschamp's press conference. Despite inconsistent offense, he is not considered changing play callers. You know, I kind of agree with that. Because if you change something, that throws up the red flag that, uh-oh, we're playing a gong show. We're a gong show behind the scenes. we got to get somebody else in here to, to right the ship. Or maybe, maybe Will Muschamp just doesn't know anything about offense. Nobody really stops to say that. Just a thought. We'll take your calls at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you want to join us on the rundown this afternoon, follow me on Twitter, Matt Rob Sounds Good. We'll have comments from Coach Dabo Sweeney when we come back. Right here on the rundown, this is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to the rundown here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app. A couple of notes before we get into uh, Clemson here. Redshirt sophomore offensive lineman Blake Vinson will be out the remainder of the season with patella injury. He'll have surgery to fix that tendon. Coach Sweeney mentioned that today in his comments. Um, one other note, Justin Ross did not play Saturday against App State, but Coach Sweeney says he should be back and ready to go as uh, Clemson makes the trek up to North Carolina. 28.5-point favorite. I'm looking at Clemson's schedule the rest of the way. Do you see a game on there where they're not going to be favored by 20 points or more? We'll take calls on that when we get done with Coach Sweeney's comments. But here are some comments from Coach Dabo Sweeney today as his team gets set up to play North Carolina. Got a big challenge this week. And uh, in North Carolina, they're a team that obviously is 2-2, two and two, but very easily could be 4-0. Uh, you know, they've had... Um, 
they've gotten down in some games, but they they don't go away. They keep coming back. And uh, you know, the biggest thing I would say in watching North Carolina is is you can tell uh, and see the influence of of the new staff and Coach Brown and what they're trying to do. Uh, you know, with the program and the culture there, and you can tell the guys are listening. They believe in what they're talking about. Uh, they play incredibly hard, uh, regardless of it's twenty one nothing or the game is on the line at the end of the game. I mean, they, they play really, really hard. Um, and uh, and they've got some pieces. They're a team that's, uh, like I said, easily could be 4-0, and they're definitely <coughs> capable of beating us, uh, for sure. Uh, they turned it over, you know, three times this past week. Uh, you know, pick, you know, sack, fumble, touchdown, and then another big interception. And, you know, App, App took advantage of it, uh, which good teams do. Uh, but but really impressed um, with just watching how they play and what they're trying to do. They're very well coached uh, defensively. They've got an excellent scheme. They're all over the place. Uh, they're, they're they're multiple in in what they do, and they've 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 brought a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, different ways of bringing the pressure. Uh, they're not a play, afraid to play man coverage. They'll get up and challenge you outside. They're they're confident in what they're doing there. Uh, you know the. the Backers are, you know, active, and again, everybody's flying around and playing hard and playing physical, and and uh, and and they've they've gotten better as the games have gone. Uh, that's that's the one characteristic I can say uh, from this bunch. So uh, impressed with their personnel inside. Big ninety-two and fifty-five are really really good football players. Uh, they're athletic at end, uh, physical at backer, and again, really confident outside at, at corner. Um, I, I don't know if the one safety is going to be there or not, uh, but number one's a good player, and uh, he, he's a he's a very active guy, physical. So, you know, good group. And then over on the offensive side, uh, very young, but they've got some talent and they got some explosiveness. I think they've had 37 explosives uh, to this point. Everything goes to the quarterback. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, uh, he's kind of Baker Mayfield esque. If you will, uh, probably he's not as fast as Baker, but he's got that type of toughness, grit. Uh, same thing gets better as the game goes, and seems like the bigger the moment, the better he plays. You know, he's just got a little, a little, little, little moxie and savviness to him. Obviously, he's a young player, but uh, makes a lot of plays with his legs. Has a good feel for for the pocket, scrambling around. They do run him. Uh, as well, they'll run some option. They'll run uh, obviously the zone read, but they run a lot of quarterback draw as well, and uh, lots of RPOs, lots of RPOs. And uh, but you know, for whatever reason, he's been really good in the fourth quarter. If you track him, uh, the fourth quarter is, is he's like seventy something percent on his passes of ten yards or more. Prior to that, he's not near as good. Uh, so he's when the game's been on the line, he's been really good. And uh, he's made some plays. And the guy we, we, we offered, everything kind of goes through him. They're young up front. Uh, not sure if their left tackle is going to play. He's a really good player. Uh, I think this is the best group of backs we've seen. Uh, I think that kid last week might be the, the best overall back, uh, probably play on Sunday. Uh, but this is the best group of backs. And they roll them in and out of there. Uh, eight is uh, uh, quick, fast, scatty. Um, 25 is is a really good player. 24 is another guy, senior that's been in there. But you know, 25 is, a, is has made some explosive plays. They 
they involve the backs a ton. This is a game where, you know, we've got to do a great job, especially in the passing game against these running backs because they, they touch the ball a lot. Uh, they're quick outside at receiver. Uh, a lot of double move type stuff, jerk routes, a uh, bunch of 50-50 balls, uh, sky balls, smash fades. Uh, so uh, they push it down the field. They're not afraid to, to catch it, cock it, and let it rip. Uh, that's for sure. So we've got, we've, got to, we've got to win some competitive plays, try to find a way to keep the quarterback contained, uh, especially on scramble situations. And then, and then we've, got to, we've got to do a good job with these backs. Uh, but good scheme, you know, they've run a little midline, they've run some speed options, some zone, counter, um, you know, and, and everything in between. Uh, mostly 11 personnel, get in some two-back stuff as well. But, uh, again, a very well-coached team and a team that, that you can see, again, has a plan. Uh, they believe in what they're doing. They've got a great spirit to them. Uh, you know they're going to be excited to play Clemson, and we'll get the very best version of North Carolina, and we, we know that. And, again, this is a team that, that is definitely good enough to beat us, uh, no doubt. Coach Dabo Sweeney there putting out some comments, and you know what? I, I can say this because I'm not in the locker room, but Coach Dabo Sweeney is battling the C word. Get your mind out of the gutter. It's the complacency. That's what Coach Dabo Sweeney is battling right now with this Clemson football team. Because these guys can see this stuff on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is that they're looking at. They may not be posting, but they know that everyone thinks they're going to beat the holy hell out of North Carolina. That's what Las Vegas thinks. Las Vegas thinks they're 28-point favorites. Coach Sweeney putting out stuff like that, like this team, he said, UNC is 2-2, two and two, but could easily be 4-0. and oh. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I watched the App State game. They had a lot of areas where they looked kind of suspect, kind of suspect. Clemson has the talent, and um, they're just the better team. We know that. But it's a mindset thing. You could be awesome, but if you go out and you're not thinking you're awesome, you could get hit in the face. So that's what Coach Dabo Sweeney is dealing with right now. And he may not have to really, really push too crazily hard until the ACC championship game. I think Virginia is the team that could give Clemson some problems. Mobile quarterback, great secondary. They could do that. But as of right now, if you look at the rest of Clemson's schedule, maybe Wake Forest, maybe. We'll take calls on that at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. The list when we come back, my coaches that are on the hot seat that are not Will Muschamp, because I can look up and down my feed and talk to my friends that are in the hallways here at iHeartRadio, and they'll tell me, man, this Muschamp guy's got to go. How about the rest of the country? We'll talk about other coaches that are on the hot seat when we come back. You are listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
but if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Strap in. It's time for the list. The list this afternoon. My five coaches that are on the hot seat that I think probably are going to get fired. If I were the AD, I would fire these guys. Some of them I wouldn't have hired. But that's just me and my disdain for some of these coaches. But these are the five coaches that I think are going to get fired and will probably be coordinators somewhere next season. Number five. Rutgers head coach Chris Ash. You know, at the end of the season, I think he's going to be on his way. NJ.com wrote on Saturday night that Ash could be fired at some point during the regular season. This is a team that fell to Boston College on Saturday. They are just, they haven't really been good since Greg Schiano left them when they had Ray Rice. Remember they had Ray Rice there, and they were really, really good, especially on the running front. Now they're just, ugh. So look for uh, Rutgers. By the way, who wants to go to Rutgers and coach? Who wants to go to Rutgers and play? Ugh, not feeling that at all. Number four. Number four is Florida State head coach Willie Taggart. I know his name is always out there. They got a win Saturday over Louisville, but they blew a massive lead before they won 35-24. to They're 2-2 two and two on the season. Nobody's optimistic. They might want to move on from Taggart after just two seasons, but here's the thing. If they have a big second-half rally, he may end up on the front of, look what I did. But he is every week now coaching, in my opinion, for his life. That is what uh, Willie Taggart is doing right now. I don't know if he's going to be able to get the job done at Florida State. Number three. Number three. You know, I look at some of this stuff and I, I start to think about it. And I've always been a Chad Morris guy, but he's just not getting the job done at Arkansas. And... I think they're over it right now. They just lost to San Jose State. They paid San Jose State $1.5 million to come across the country to beat their ass because that's what they did. San Jose State wins 31-24, and the fast-paced, up-tempo offense that was promised for Arkansas is just not there. And when you're paying somebody that much money to come to your home stadium and embarrass you, that's what happens. It's not looking good for Chad Morris at Arkansas. Number two. Number two on the list, and of course, I know people are going to hit me on Twitter. Well, what about Will Muschamp? Yeah, I'm not putting Will Muschamp on the list because it's just too local. I think that things things are still percolating at South Carolina. But... Number two on the list, Jeremy Pruitt up at Tennessee. And I'm a guy that likes Jeremy Pruitt. I thought that Jeremy Pruitt was going to turn Tennessee around, not really return them to the point where they had T. Martin and Peyton Manning and they're winning eight and nine games a year and they're blowing everybody out, but they drop a game here or there. Not that version of Tennessee. 
I'm talking about the respectable version of Tennessee, where they go out and they don't look stupid. That's the only thing I can say when I watch a Tennessee game. How many plays are you going to look stupid? They lost 34-3 to Tennessee. Is Philip Fulmer going to be, you know what, I'll just step out of the box and pull a Mac Brown and go back on the sidelines? Maybe that'll work for him. I don't know. There's people talking about, hey, bring Lane Kiffin back. They love Lane Kiffin now. They wanted him gone. They, I think they named a sewage plant after him in Tennessee at one point. Either way, Jeremy Pruitt is on the hot seat, and that's the one I don't get because he's a Nick Saban disciple, coached up great defense at Alabama, and yet they go out there, they lose to Georgia State, they lose to ten, um, Florida, and they don't even look like they like they cared when they were playing Florida. They, they just looked flat. And when a team looks flat, I think he's lost them. So there you go. He's at number two. And number one. Uh, Harbaugh at Michigan. If this guy doesn't get fired, I, I'm not sure what, what else you need. So they lost to Wisconsin 35-14. to 14. I just don't feel that Michigan's at a point now where they're looking at this guy and they're thinking, you know what? This is the guy we want leading our football program later on. I just, he just seems like when he came in, it was almost like a breath of fresh air. He's a Michigan guy. He's not going to lead, by the way, on his own. He's not going to step down and be like, you know what, for the best interest of Michigan, I'll just pack it in. He's not going to do that. So for Michigan fans that are thinking that, which I've talked to a couple of them, no, he's not going to do that. He's going to want to collect his money, and he thinks that everything he's doing is right. But after getting embarrassed by Wisconsin, and you know what? Wisconsin has a great running back. They, they're, they're a really good Big Ten team. But the guy's never beaten Ohio State. And I think that's big with them. Now you're getting embarrassed by Wisconsin, too? We're Michigan. What's wrong with you? We, we have the big house. We've got the big M. That's how Michigan thinks. And they're not looking very good out on the field especially when it comes to this game and then the fact that he's never beaten Ohio State. That, my friends, is just a mess. Some other coaches that uh, are probably on the hot seat when you really, really look at it. Lovey Smith at Illinois, he, he's going to get fired. Maybe Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech. He had a set where we thought that he was going to be really, really good there and not so much. Uh, some people have uh, sent me, I got a message while we were uh, in the list. How about Chip Kelly at UCLA? He just won at Washington State. They were down huge, and they came back to win. I don't know. We'll see how that goes out. Um, a couple of other names that are up on, there's a website called CoachesHotSeat.com that I found earlier today. Uh, Charlie Strong at UC, USF. How about Clay Helton at Southern Cal? I think, I think he's probably going to go somewhere. One of the other in their list of folks here includes Kevin Sumlin at Arizona, which I don't think Kevin Sumlin's ever coached a good season, in my opinion. An interesting one, though, is Derek Mason at Vanderbilt. I don't know how you can be on the hot seat at Vanderbilt. I think Derek Mason should be able to coach there for as long as he wants, in my opinion. Uh, Randy Utzel at UConn, yeah, he needs to be shown the door. That makes sense. Uh, one other one that is kind of interesting is they have Steve Adazio as one of their last coaches from Boston College. Boston College is they lost to Kansas. I get that, but they're three and one on the year. 
they are a respectable program in the ACC. They're going to go to a bowl game. I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me if Boston College finished 9-3 and three this year. Right there behind Clemson in the Atlantic Division. So we'll talk coaches that are on the hot seat if you want at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. Who do you think should be fired? Did I miss anyone? Maybe Dana Holgerson at Houston. They took they spent a lot of money to get him there. I don't know about all that. But we'll take calls on that this afternoon. Also, a quick look at the FPI when we come back. I love ESPN's FPI. It gives you percentages on games. We talked about Clemson being an overwhelming favorite the rest of the way. Wait till you hear the numbers from the FPI. Very interesting. More of the rundown in just a moment. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Final segment of the rundown this afternoon. Thanks for joining us here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. You know, there's only one original pool table store in Columbia. It's Carolina Pool Tables Plus on Two Notch Road. You know, you can buy a pool table on the Internet, but why would you do that? My wife buys this stuff sometimes, and she's like, yeah, you just got to put it together. And then, like, I'm like, huh? I end up with, like, busted fingers, busted knuckles, and all that. You may be more handy than I am, and that's great. But if you're not, and you're going to buy a pool table, why would you buy one on the Internet that they'll send you in pieces? Who wants to do that? Go to Carolina Pool Tables Plus. They'll come and set it up at your house. That's even better. And you can pick out the pool table you want. they got a massive showroom. You can also get your favorite logo put on your pool table. That's kind of neat. Got a family crush, you can do that as well. Carolina Pool Tables Plus, forget about the Internet. Give them a call at 803-799-5305. Experience the difference at Carolina Pool Tables Plus. You know, I want to go over real quick here before the show ends. I love the FPI from ESPN. It's like because I'm sort of a, if you haven't noticed by listening to the show for any amount of time, I am a nerd. I admit that I'm a numbers geek nerd. I just have the ability to articulate and put some stuff out verbally, and that's why I have a radio show. But I am an absolute nerd. So I love the FPI, and I want to go over some of the numbers. We'll start with South Carolina, and then we'll talk about Clemson. As we roll along through the season, they play Kentucky. They have a 60% chance to win that game, according to ESPN's FPI. 9% chance to win at Georgia, 28% chance to win at home against Florida, 56% chance to beat Tennessee, 80% chance to beat Vanderbilt, 77% chance to beat App State, and then it comes down to a 17% chance to win at Texas A&M and a 10% chance to win against Clemson. I I love looking at this stuff because it makes you think, wow, a 10% chance to beat Clemson, okay. 60% chance to beat Kentucky. That kind of matches the Las Vegas lines. But very interesting there with the South Carolina FPI. So according to the FPI, they expect the Gamecocks to go, let's see here, 5-7, and which is what I had them going at the beginning of the season. But 5-7 and with a win over Kentucky, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, App State, and, of course, the win over Charleston Southern. So the ESPN FPI has them at 5-7. and seven. If we move to Clemson, though, remember the C word that I was talking about earlier, complacency. That's what Coach Dabo Sweeney is having to deal with because I'm sure that somebody on the team has shown Clemson their FPI. 
Their average win probability, according to the FPI, is 85.6%. But here we go down the line. 94 for North Carolina, 95 for Florida State, 95 for Louisville, uh, 98 for Boston College, 99 for Wofford, 95 at NC State, 96 for Wake Forest, and 89.9 for South Carolina. These update weekly, by the way. So things can change. But if you're looking at Clemson the rest of the way, as I said, I don't see a game on the schedule where Las Vegas is going to look at them and think, they're going to win every game by three touchdowns. So the final segment of the show today, we'll take calls on which game do you think Clemson could drop? If you had to ask me, I would go with Boston College. I know the game's at home, but Boston College traditionally plays pretty good defense. And Boston College has a heck of a running back in A.J. Dillon. And a lot of things have to really mesh, and it's like a perfect storm of stuff has to happen. But the Boston College game, in my opinion, it may end up being a game that's like right before Halloween, you know, Right before Halloween, maybe a noon start. Maybe everybody doesn't have all their, uh, maybe their eggs weren't cooked right for Clemson. I don't know. They don't have enough juice coming out, whatever. But that Boston College game, if you look at it, that may be one of the games that Clemson could have could have some problems with. The other games that are on the schedule, I don't think that, I think there's, playing at NC State, I don't think NC State's a team that very many people like in my opinion. And I think they'll go in there amped up for that game and play well. Wake Forest might be number two on that list because of the kind of offense they run. It's kind of a weird offense. Lots of motion and stuff like that. And if you don't really you don't really pay attention, maybe Wake Forest can uh, snip up and bite you. But I think those two games, Florida State game, I, they'll be completely up for that game. You'll get Clemson's best for that at home. Maybe the Louisville game would be number three, but I, I think Boston College, if Coach Sweeney's looking at games, he thinks they could lose every one of them, which that's what they're supposed to think. But deep down, if we gave him some truth serum, he'd probably say Boston College is the game he looks at. It's like, mm, I don't know. Boston College kept it close last year up at Boston. And I really like what they have with their running back, A.J. Dillon. He's the kind of guy that can put a team on his back and carry them, get 40 40 carries and have eight receptions out of the backfield and really, really put a hurting on on a defense. All right, tomorrow on the rundown, we go behind enemy lines. What do you really know about North Carolina other than they have Mac Brown and other than that Mac Brown beat South Carolina in his first time um, in his first time back with the school? We'll give you the rundown on North Carolina tomorrow. What do you know about Kentucky? Kentucky, here, I'll give you something you may not know. Kentucky may be starting their third-string quarterback this weekend. If you didn't know that, make sure you listen tomorrow because we'll tell you who's in and who's out. We'll also talk about Cash Daniels tomorrow. If you don't know who he is, he's the resident idiot of the week. This is the guy that plays linebacker for Kentucky that in the Florida game, he was literally trying to break somebody's ankle. I don't care what he says. If you look at the video, I'll post it on uh, my blog page, FoxSportsRadio1400.com. This guy is not a good human being. 
if he came into the studio, I would tell him that. I don't care if you're a football player or not. When you see the video where he's basically trying to break somebody's ankle, not looking good for him. But we'll talk a little bit about Kentucky. I'm not saying Kentucky's completely dirty, by the way. I'm just saying what he did in that game was pretty despicable. Pretty despicable. Well, we'll talk about what Kentucky's bringing in, what North Carolina is has waiting for Clemson. We'll get into that and a lot more tomorrow here on The Rundown. Don't forget about the podcast. If you missed it, the podcast is awesome. You can subscribe at iTunes. You can go to the Fox Sports Radio 1400 website. However you want to do it, you can subscribe and listen whenever you want. Share it with your friends. Let them know that we're here every day at 3 o'clock. That's one of the big challenges I have. Because a lot of people don't even know we have a show here. And we're working on it. But tell your friends. Tell them to listen in. You can also watch on Facebook Live. Shout out to the folks over there. Sally, I know she's watching in Charleston. Kent is watching from the nursing home. We appreciate him. Also, Russ, we appreciate him as well. Thanks for checking us out this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. I'm on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.